Today's episode is brought to you by Podcast Pipeline. We'll take care of all your podcast production so you can focus on your business. Visit us at podcastpipeline.com. Here's the question. Are you a business owner wanting to grow your business, but you're struggling with how your podcast can help? Well, welcome to the show that's about to change all that. I am your host, Cliff Duvinois, and in this podcast, we're taking the problems of podcasting head on. Entrepreneurs like you will share their strategies, tactics, and tips that they use every day with their podcast to make it an effective marketing and revenue tool in their toolkit. Welcome to Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Hey there, world changers, and welcome back to another episode of Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Now, today's guest is a master coach obsessed with helping you heal yourself doubt. As head coach of the Self-Belief Coaching Academy, today's guest teaches coaches and therapists and mentors how to support their clients using her evidence-based, trauma-informed, ICF-accredited coaching methodology. In other words, she definitely knows what she's talking about. The Self-Belief School is a group coaching program to help humans move from understanding the root causes of self-doubt to cultivating tangible and sustainable self-belief, self-acceptance, self-worth, and most importantly, self-trust. Please welcome to the show the founder of the Self-Belief School and the host of the Courage and Spice podcast, Sass Ketherick. Sass, how are you? I'm so well, Cliff. It's really nice to be here. Excellent. So I know I kind of covered it a lot in your intro, but talk to us a little bit more about what your business is about. So I was a management consultant for a long time, stuck in corporate cubicle nation. Um, yes. And I burnt out really quite badly about 12 years ago. And my ambition for corporate stardom kind of evaporated. And I realized that I wasn't very happy even when life was going really well in my corporate work. And so I changed careers and became a coach. And I actually ended up going back to university and completing a master's degree in the psychology of coaching. And during nice. that time, I just was, I had to choose a dissertation topic and I was a bit stuck. And my academic supervisor just said, look, you need to think about what coaching has actually taught you. And a lot of it had been around understanding where my own self-doubt had come from. And the fact that for me, it plays into over, uh, overworking and overproving myself, right? which is not really seen as a kind of common trait of self-doubt. I, I present pretty confidently and I pretty comfortable in myself. Right. But my self-doubt shows up as working really hard and very much feeling like nothing I did was quite good enough. And so she was like, that sounds brilliant. Go ahead, do it. And I spent two years uh, researching for my dissertation. What actually creates self-doubt? Where does it come from? Why is it here? And what does it even mean when you have it? Is it possible to move past it? And a lot of mainstream kind of advice is very much focused on white knuckling your way through, right? Pretending right, yeah. self-doubt isn't there. Let's not talk about it. Let's just um, crack on. And it's all very 
focused on positive thinking, which actually exacerbates self-doubt. Oh, interesting. Anyone who has tried repeating a mantra or thinking a positive thought for a long time will know that actually the first thing that they experience when they do that is the disbelief, right? I don't actually believe this. Right. So for lots of us, it can uh, exacerbate self-doubt because it just helps us to see the distance between where we are and where we, where we want to be. So my work is much more focused on the whole person and what has what the very good reasons are that have led you to doubt yourself, to question yourself, to get stuck in perfectionism and procrastination, to be in that state of proving yourself all the time. Like that, this is not your kind of true nature. This is a, an adaptive strategy that you've developed to keep yourself safe. And so self-doubt is there to say, hey, don't do that. You might hurt yourself. That's why it's always telling us to hold back. Yeah. Right. And so what I have found through my work over the last decade is that when we approach self-doubt, rather than white knuckling our way through it, but coming at it from compassion, like what created this? Like the curiosity of this is here for a really good reason. So what the heck is it actually creates this really beautiful kind of It's almost like you develop your own curriculum for your growth and development through exploring your self-doubt. You get to look at what created it and kind of heal your relationship to your past. Most of us have had childhoods that had really difficult experiences in them and different difficult relationships. And so as adults, we get to go back and heal those experiences to just bring our own kind of wisdom and perspective of just being a bit older and being able to see a bit more of a rounded picture about what might have been going on. As very young kids, we often take responsibility for things that we had no business uh, controlling or being being responsible for. So So my approach is very much like, let's look at this in the round and let's actually see what can you, knowing more about your self doubt, help you to create now. Yeah, I completely agree with that. A lot of the problems, especially for entrepreneurs, it's all mental, right? It's, it's the mindset that we have going forward. And I know that I have experienced this extensively in my life. And I know a lot of other people that have as well. And you hit the nail right on the head. It's the perfectionism that seems to stem from self-doubt. Now I I do want to explore this a little bit here, because like I said, I'm all about mindset. So you were talking before about perfectionism coming from a place of self-doubt, where, where does that self-doubt like manifest itself so much that it virtually cripples us from moving forward or taking a chance? Like for instance, if somebody wanted to get into podcasting and they're thinking, oh my God, I have to make it absolutely perfect. You know, what, where does that self-doubt come from? Uh, Such a great question. So, so what I've found is that our, the form that our self-doubt takes is different for everyone. So for you, Cliff, it might be perfectionism. For me, it's like proving myself. For other Ah. people, it's more like just passively waiting, right, until you feel ready. Or you might find that you're always people-pleasing other people to try and keep the peace. That's true. Right? So the reasons we we do those things, the reasons that self-doubt takes that form for us is usually because we are sensitive to some kind of psychological risk. Right. So it may be some, and psychological risks, I've found there's 
probably seven or eight main ones. Things like disappointment. We're, we're trying to protect ourselves from, the, from our, the risk of disappointment or success ah. or failure, conflict, even things like loss and grief, shame, embarrassment. These are the kinds of things that we try to protect ourselves from. So we bring in these adaptive strategies of perfectionism is a great one. Right. We are trying to protect yourself from what you think might happen if you weren't perfect. Nice. Love that. Absolutely love that. So you've gotten your school of belief going. Obviously, you're very passionate about this, which is great. <laughs> and if we got time, I want to go back and pick your brain some more. What made you decide to get into podcasting? So I'm um, nearly 50 and I've been on the internet since it was born. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I am um, too. Yeah, I remember having an Adora email back at university in my undergraduate. Go. And I just, as soon as I discovered blogging way back in the early yes. days, live journal and, you know, things like that, I just thought, oh my goodness, this is freaking magic. Like, are you kidding me? We get to like connect with people all over the world. So yes. I was an old school blogger for many years. I had an anonymous blog back when it was possible to be deuced, which some of your listeners may know that there was a blog called Deuce and the writer of that blog revealed where she was working at the time and was fired. And that became a thing, right? If yes, you, yes. If you blogged about your employer, you could be fired. I remember those days. So for me, when I could, I could see that blogging was kind of evolving into something that had different mechanisms for us to connect with each other. So Instagram and Facebook for me are just microblogging. It's right for yeah. small snippets of the same concept. But for for me, and I really love exploring ideas, and I'm quite a quite a a long read sort of a person. Right. Um, I found that podcasting enabled me to have longer, deeper conversations and also solo episodes where I would just sort of record my ideas. And people could engage with that in a way that they just probably wouldn't have time to read a, you know, 3,000 word blog sure. post. Sure. But listen to a 45 minute podcast. Yeah, I can do that while I'm driving or I'm gardening or I'm out for a walk. So it feels to me like podcasting is just the next evolution of blogging. Nice. And I try to think of it approaching episodes in the same way. What's the, what is the conversation I want to have? What is the intention I'm bringing to this, this episode? In the same way that I would for a blog post, years of yore. Um, so it's quite <laughs> fun for me to, to create podcast episodes using that same intention and in lots of ways, I think the same voice, right? You're just right. expressing yourself in a different way. Hey, everyone, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, but you want to make sure to come back because we're going to talk about the power of solo episodes, as well as the best way to grow your business by being imperfectly perfect. See you after the break. Today's episode is brought to you by Podcast Pipeline. Editing your podcast consumes hours of your time every week. After all, you're an entrepreneur, not an audio engineer. The point being is that those hours could be spent on your business and with your family. That's why Podcast Pipeline offers full podcast production services. We take care of your podcast so you don't have to. And that means your time will be yours again to focus on what's really important. Visit us at podcastpipeline.com to learn more about how our services can help you. And now back to the show. 
So I want to go back to something you talked about before, and that was uh, also creating solo episodes as well. Mm -hmm. So now your podcast is a combination of interviews and solo episodes, right? Yeah, that's right. Excellent. Now, where did you get the idea to do solo episodes and how often do you sprinkle those in? I started off just doing interviews. Okay. Um, and then I found that I wanted to share ideas that I had or share my research findings or what I was, what, what was coming up for clients. And I wanted to do that in a way that was safe for clients. So to anonymize their stories and not have to, you know, interview people that were coming to private sessions. Right. That didn't, that never felt ethically very good to me. I started to just share some ideas. Here's something about perfectionism. And I would just record some thoughts about it. And now my team have set it up. So we have one episode that's just me and one episode that is an interview. We just alternate. Nice. I, I really do like that idea. And this is something that I, I spend some time with my clients on is making sure that they do produce solo content. Because I've always believed that the solo content, I, don't get me wrong, it's always good to to have the interviews, right? Get the interviews and get other people's, you know, experiences, things like that. But in the solo episodes, those seem to be the episodes that your audience really learns about you and it helps build that no like, and trust factor. Absolutely. And, and I think it's such an intimate medium, right? We're right in people's ear holes, you know, it's very, <laughs> it's very intimate. And I think there is this beautiful exchange where you can just share, look, this is what happened to me, or this is what I'm thinking about, about this topic. And it, you're absolutely right. I found that it allows our audiences to, to just really get to know us and, and see that everybody they're listening to is totally human and often experiencing the same worries and doubts and fears that they are. And I think there's something about the energy that you bring to a conversation, even when it's just you recording your own ideas in a solo episode, that you can just feel how that person is. You, you can yes. kind of sense into their energy a little bit. For me, it's just a lovely way of saying, hey, you guys, this is what I'm thinking about. What do you, what do you think? And then what I found is that there is this lovely feedback loop because people will contact me on social media and we'll have conversations in comments or in DMs about what they have found to be interesting about a particular episode. Nice. Great. You've got that feedback loop in place. Let's talk a little bit about, so when you first got into podcasting, what was one of your greatest challenges? Well, I think just knowing how it's all set up, right? So you, I didn't realize that I was thinking, oh, well, where does it, like, where does the podcast zip? Like, I didn't realize, oh, I have to get like some kind of hosting service to, gotcha. you know, like all the tech behind it. That just was kind of like, oh, I'm not sure how this is going to work. But I also think, and this is my approach to anything technical is, no one's trying to bamboozle you, you'll probably be able to figure it out. It's just that right now you don't <laughs> kind of know the answer. And I think just, I think it was, who was it? I bought like a podcasting course, like just a kind of series of modules that were all about how to set up a, a podcast. Right. And I found that super helpful, just went, took me through everything I needed to know and where to get a good mic from and how to, how to record and how to do interviews. And it was just full of really good hints and tips. And now there's so many people that are doing that. You know, you can Google this 
anyone who's listening and you'll find someone who'll teach you how to set up a podcast. And it's fantastic because then you, you're up and ready to rock. You really don't need a whole lot of equipment or you know, the barriers for entry for this are quite low. Yes. Um, it's more, I think it's more important that you just are excited to do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when, when you have an app like Anchor, where you can just do everything right there on your phone to get a podcast set up, get up and running. Like you talked about there, the technical barriers are just really breaking down. And I see, from my perspective anyways, I see a lot more of the hosting platforms, like you were talking like Libsyn and stuff, kind of actually wandering that way, you know, yeah. because Anchor, Anchor did enough business where, because a lot of people didn't want to take Anchor seriously because it's so simple, but then Spotify turned around and bought them for a truckload of cash, right? And we all know how big Spotify is and they're investing heavily in podcasting. I definitely understand that because when I got into podcasting like seven, eight years ago, the technology was like, I did what you did. I actually, actually what I did, I went to YouTube. That's what I did. I went to YouTube. YouTube's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And I found some videos on there that actually wound up shoot me in the foot, but that's another video for another time. At least I understood the technology uh, behind it, how the whole process yeah. worked, like distribution of episodes. And, you yeah. know, I almost spent three grand on equipment I didn't need and all this other stuff. So yeah. We yeah, all very, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And yeah. I, and I see that I feel so bad. I, I, I'm in some of these podcast groups and somebody comes in there, they're on fire. They watched a YouTube video. They spent three or $4,000 buying equipment. And after 10 episodes, they go into pod fade and then they're trying to sell their equipment for like a third of what they paid for it. I, I feel so bad for them. I'm like, man, you didn't have to spend all that money. I'd, I'd rather have you keep your money and spend it on other things worthwhile. Well, and also so, like, just see if you like it. I mean, I think all of us entrepreneurs yes. are so great at going, oh, this is a great idea of doing it. And yes. we seem to be kind of quick starts, right? And I don't know. I'm, I've sort of been at this for about 10 years. So I'm now entrepreneurship anyway. So I'm now quite good at like holding myself back just a little bit. Let's see if we like this before we, you know, buy the farm. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, I, I think that's absolutely at the end of the day, that's great advice, yeah. you know, cause if, and I think it really depends too on the why behind it. I mean, yeah. you've talked a lot in this episode about, you know, the intimacy that you can create with, you know, your listeners who could potentially become a client or a partner. And I, I, from my standpoint, I share that same sentiment because I always look at podcasting as the ultimate relationship building tool. I'm not looking at podcasting as a way for me to get 10 million subscribers. Microsoft is not going to advertise on my podcast. I'm more focused on using it to grow my business and to create those uh, relationships. So I really think that again, going back to mindset. I really think that's a part of it as well. Oh, I think you're so right, Cliff. And, and I think for a lot of people, we look at like the massive names that are podcasting now and how much money there is to be made from it. And there's always someone who's going to tell you this is the secret. But I think in my experience, and I don't run any advertising on my podcast, for me, it's it's exactly as you describe. It's a way of introducing my work to people and just getting my name into the world and seeing if it, you know, if people resonate with that, then they'll probably stay and listen to a few more episodes. Maybe they'll come follow me on Instagram. Maybe they might end up being a client at some point, but ultimately it's like, I want, you know, my work is here 
because I want people to recognize that self-doubt doesn't have to hold you back from your business or, or your career or your relationships, your creativity. I want you to see that, oh, there's really good, solid approaches and tools that will support you. And whether or not you choose to invest in those with me or you just garner what you can for free off the information I provide, I'm here for it all. So, nice. And I think this is such a beautiful medium for that, as you say. And so I, I think you're absolutely right for anyone listening who is starting out, just thinking about, you know, maybe you'll never get a massive, massive audience, but the audience you do have are going to love what you create and want to be, be connected to you. And this is a way for you to do that in a relatively cheap way. Um, it's very cost effective and low barriers to entry. So just do it. See what happens. Yeah. You, you never know where it's going to lead. Yeah. Never know. Yeah. So let's talk about what is podcasting done for your business? Primarily, it's grown my audience. So about, I think I started podcasting about five years ago. So I'm definitely a few years behind you. And for me, it was really about, uh, I want to have longer, more and more in-depth in conversations with people. Right. And I think this is the medium to do it. So I was able to invite people onto the podcast to talk about where our two worlds crossed over. And if they would share my podcast interview with them, with their audience, then I I get access to their people as well. And if yep. some of those people like it, then they'll come back. So that's how it works. It's very much a sort of community-based approach. Um, and I found that the more people that I've interviewed, the slow and steady growth um, I've been able to create. And now, I mean, we're just coming up to 100 episodes and I've been doing this. I, I just do short seasons over you know, a couple of seasons a year. And we have now had um, half a million downloads. So I'm like, Beautiful. that's amazing to me. That is incredible. And I'm just like loving the process. It's built into my business strategy. So it's, it's part of our infrastructure now. And I have a team that support me to do it, which is magic. Beautiful. Let's talk about the concept of seasons, because this is mm -hmm. something I don't think I've talked about with any of my other guests so far. So you talked before about how you do short short season. So first off, why don't you share with the audience what a season is? And then why did you decide to start implementing that as part of your podcast? I wanted to test out, is this something that I can do sustainably? Do I even enjoy the process? So I right. thought I'm going to commit to doing 10 episodes and we'll see if I like it. And I was astounded by about four or five episodes and we were getting several thousand downloads per episode. Beautiful. And I think that's partly because I had a reasonably established audience already. And also I just managed to get interviews on other people's podcasts and people I interviewed shared it with their audiences. And what I found was that it was just this really, I don't know, it felt really easy to do seasons. I could theme them if I wanted to. So, I could, so in my first season, it was like, I'm just going to introduce people to these common themes that I see around self-doubt. And I interviewed a few people that I thought kind of took the, the work into different spheres that people may not already be aware of. And then in my second season, I was like, oh, I want to do more um, solo episodes and see how that feels. And now we're sort of in, I think, season five, but we stopped doing seasons. We just call them by numbers now. Um, <laughs> and, and I just take big breaks over summer and over Christmas. And that 
creates these two seasons over the year of about 15 episodes. And that just feels really doable. It doesn't feel incredibly taxing. I'm not interested in being my own bad boss where I'm kind of like on the treadmill of content creation. That doesn't feel good to me. But the beautiful thing of having seasons, I found the advantage of it is that you create a little bit of desire because people want to consume your material. And if they know that a new season is coming, then it gives you the opportunity to kind of get people a bit excited about it. But also the thing that is so great about podcasts is that content has a massive shelf life, way longer than anything else that I've seen. And so I will have people who find episode 64 and then say, oh my God, I've just binged, listened to your whole you know, podcast for the last week or so. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot of me in your ears at once. (laughs) 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 I feel like I should send you something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's, you say, you said that and it's beautifully, I mean, think I'm actually going to steal that massive (laughs) shelf life. And I, I, I I have mentioned this before, but I, I think it's worth repeating. Yeah, I will find, you know, somebody on Instagram or Facebook that I think would be worth following. I will follow them. Very rarely do I go and look at their past posts. Yeah. Very rarely. It's usually the current post. I might go back one or two. But now with a podcast, if I find a podcast that I'm listening to the host I'm, and I'm thinking, wow, I really like how this person thinks. Like you said, I will go back to episode one and I will listen to, to all the episodes, the binging, like we were talking about there. That's the power that podcasting brings as a marketing tool. It's just, all you have to do is just resonate with that one person who says, you know, wow, I really like this message, you know, no like, and trust. They go back from episode one, they're hearing your solo episodes. Meanwhile, this person is becoming completely indoctrinated with your philosophy and your viewpoints and your opinions and your approaches to you know, problem solving, right? So your approach, for instance, for the whole self-doubt, right? So they're getting more and more exposed to this, which is going to make them a lot more likely to answer your call to action, you know, Mm. sign up for this free thing or attend our free webinar or something else like that. That's what I have been finding with podcasting, which I just think is beautiful. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, it works and it works in good and bad ways, right? Like, People do tap to kind of listen to folks that they are following and take action accordingly. So I think, you know, it behooves us as as podcasters, as content creators to do our homework, right? We're in yeah. this world of opinions, counters truth. So let's not buy into that, right? Let, let's stick to our own integrity and offer information that is designed to help and support people rather than tell them the answer. Certainly. Yeah. I, I love that. Absolutely love that. What has been one of the biggest successes that you've had with podcasting? Oh, it's definitely just the the audience feedback that I've had is just ace. You know, having people, I, I once was at a, like a farmer's market a few towns over and one of the stall owners said to, sort of stopped me and said, oh my goodness. I was like, yes, I am. And my husband was with me. It was great for like, see, I do, I do have actually, you know, yes. quite, quite an important business here because he's, I don't know what you do really. But yeah. And she was like, I've just been listening to your podcast and it's really helped me with this thing that she was doing in her business. And I just thought, oh, that's amazing. Like you just never know who's listening. 
and yes. how much of an impact you might be having, like how, what the courage to show up and share your message could be exactly what someone needs to hear that day. You just, you're never going to know that really, unless you're once in a lifetime fortunate to cross paths with them in person. But I found that kind of thing has happened more and more often as I'm getting speaking engagements and things like, not so much over the last couple of years, but you know, going to conferences and what have you and people will say, oh my goodness, I love your podcast and I'm so excited to meet you. And it's, it's just fun. It's like, oh wow, this is so great. You're the person that's listening. I'm, I'm thrilled, you know. So I found that that level of engagement and feedback and people genuinely care about, you know, what you're sharing. And I think the more we as content creators are willing to like be very human and real and to, you know, no one needs us to show up perfect. They just want us to show up as, you know, humans. Then, you know, the more you do that, the more they actually feel a connection that's quite real. So I I found that to be just lovely. Nice. Now for the audience, especially the entrepreneur who Mm. has a podcast, maybe they're struggling with using podcasting. What would be a piece of advice that you would give them? Well, you know as an entrepreneur, that no one's going to come along and tell you what to do. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. Yep. (laughs) That is the beauty of this choice that we've all made, this crazy choice to go out on our own. But I just would really like to repeat what I just said, that you just never know, like how the courage that you have to just go, all right, sod it. I'm going to record this episode. I'm not sure if I've got it all perfectly formed in my mind, but I'm going to share my thoughts on this aspect of my work. You just never know who might be listening, who needs to hear that, who will become a client or a collaborator or, you know, someone who shares your podcast with their circle and that person becomes your client or your collaborator. Like never, ever doubt that there isn't someone who needs to hear what you've got to say. That's uh, to me, that's just absolutely beautiful. And that actually played a part in. When I first started my very first podcast way back in, I was actually, and I was doing the interview thing and it got to a week where there was a family crisis. I had to leave town. I came back and an episode was due to drop. It was like the next day. There was no way on the planet I was going to have an interview scheduled in that shorter period of time. So, you know, consistency, I'm a big Mm -hmm. believer in that. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to put an episode out and I'm going to explain why I don't have an interview ready. So I proceeded to tell the story about how, you know, for this family emergency, my sister passed away and I just spent the episode talking about her, what she meant to me, uh, how I was going to miss her. And I put that episode out. And the first thing is that became the most downloaded episode out of all Mm -hmm. of my podcasts. I was completely shocked by that. By then I was really starting to hit burnout because as we were kind of talking about before, my perfectionism was kicking in and it was taking me like a whole day to do a podcast episode, which I didn't have that bandwidth. But what was shocking is, is that about a week or a week and a half later, my phone rang from somebody who said, Hey, I listen to your podcast. You are the guy I want to work with. I was completely taken aback by that. So when he and I actually met face to face to kind of like hammer out the hammer out the contract, I asked him, I said, was there something in particular about the podcast that you really liked? He goes, that solo episode where you talked about losing your sister. I lost my mother last year and I was very close to her. And when I heard that episode, 
I knew you would understand and that you were the guy for us. Shell-shocked, absolutely shell-shocked. I didn't talk about like my knowledge, my wisdom. I didn't, you know, try to give advice or anything else <laughs> yeah. like that. I was like, you know what? I lost my sister and it hurts, you know, because I felt oddly enough, I felt very comfortable talking to about that on the mic for the world to hear. Part of me didn't care because I was just hurting, mm. but you know what? That message connected with them. So it's like you said, you never know what you're going to put out there, what you're going to say, what your episode's going to be about. That's exactly what somebody needs to hear. And that's the beautiful thing about you know, the podcasting and speaking from the heart, mm. you know, it's just being able just to uh, just express your thoughts, your feelings, your frustrations, your successes, your failures, all of it is content, all of it. I love this so much because it's so true, right? You show up as a human imperfectly perfect and yes. you get this beautiful feedback. And, and I have found that to be true over and over and over again. People just don't need us to show up as you know, speaking from the mountain with our wisdom oh, and yeah. our, in our robes and our, you know, our ideas, like no one gives a yeah. shit about that, right? What they care <laughs> about is, can I trust this guy? Like when I meet him for a coffee, does he just sound like he's got his, you know, his heart in the right place? I, you know, I think we're craving that as, as humans. Authenticity, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is I found, I'm not sure if, if this is true for you, but I found it's way less effort and energy to prepare for an episode where you are just talking from your heart and sharing yeah. an idea. I found like like I'm I like to make a few notes before I record and you know yes. have a sort of destination or at least a direction of travel that I'm trying to get to. But I found like if I can just show up as myself, there's a lot less um, energy and effort required to do that. So. It makes the podcast experience way more human for the listener, but for us as content creators, it's less taxing. Like your the sustainability of it is just so much easier. Yeah, I agree with that. And for my solo episodes, I do the exact same thing. I've got like a framework that I've mapped out that that works very effectively. And literally, I'll just go through and just it's almost like bullet points almost. Like, don't forget to mention this. You know, mention this share this, talk about this, but that's really about it. Now that I've got that skeletal framework put together, then I just turn on the mic and I start recording. And if I happen to hear, you know, I missed the point or something else like that, I can either record it and then go stitch it back in and post, or I could just skip it. If I'm like, you know what, this just feels right the way that it is. And then, you know, move forward. And mm. that framework has, that framework has served me really well. And a lot of the times there'll be like, like when you're in that moment and you're talking and all of a sudden you remember a story or something that you could share that would help build that relatability with the audience, then I just, I'm like, you know what, just run with it. I know the yeah. story. I don't need to write it down because it's all trapped up here in my marbles. So I just got to, I just got to get it out and share it with yeah. people. And I just, I love that process. And uh, the only thing about the solo episodes I find is sometimes I can just get on a tear and just go and go and go. And I'm like, nobody's going to want to listen to a two hour episode of me ranting and raving. <laughs> sometimes I go back and repeat myself. Yeah. And you know, when I'm doing it, cause I'm just in free flow. So I got to be a little bit crafty when I go into, to edit that particular episode. But uh, yeah, I do the exact same thing. I've got a framework. You know, I've got the main point, like, this is what I want to talk about. This is what I want to share. And then I just kind of, just kind of go from there. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. So 
SAS for, uh, by the way, I, I get this feeling you and I could chat about this all day. I, all I love day. all day. day. I, I love, I love, I love, love, love <laughs> mindset. I, I really do. I yeah. used to be the bane of my existence, but now I've realized yeah. uh, that uh, internally it's a force for good. And now that and I'm- And it's the one thing you can control. Right? Yes. Yeah, it is. It is. And see, yeah. now I, now I want to go on a tear. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So uh, Sass, for our audience, uh, if they want to find you online, maybe they want to listen to uh, your podcast because they've got more questions about you know, mindset, mind frame, uh, self-belief, self-trust. Yeah. Uh, what, would be, what would be the best way for them to find you? So I am um, the host of the Courage and Spice podcast. It's the podcast for humans with self-doubt. So I have a pretty big potential audience there. Um, yes, you do. And my website is selfbelief.school. Uh, and that, that's where you'll find me. And I'm on Instagram most days. And my Instagram handle is just my name, Sass Petherick. So, yeah. Excellent. And for our audience, we will have all those links in the show notes down below. Sass, it's been great having you on the podcast. I've really enjoyed uh, this conversation. And I'm going to officially extend you an offer to come back because I would love to dive more uh, into mindset in a, in a future episode and kind of chat with you about that. So. You know, Anytime, being... Cliff, you just, just email me. You, we got our details now. We're all good. We're connected. Awesome. You can't get rid of awesome. me. <laughs> <laughs> Nor would I want to. Nor would I want to. I'm, I'm loving yeah. the relationships that podcast is building for me. And I, I'm, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Here, yeah. We're, we're going to be kind of keeping in contact for many moons to come. So cool. that's all the good stuff. So anyways, thanks again. You're so welcome, Cliff. Thank you. Hey everyone, I wanted to let you know that enrollment for our free five-day Start My Business podcast challenge is officially open. If you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking a podcast would be a great way to grow your business, but you're not sure how to start one, then this challenge is for you. This challenge is designed by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Now within the five-day challenge, you'll go from ground zero to having a fully operational podcast that you can use to start growing your business. I'll be sharing with you simple tips and tricks that took me years to learn that will prevent you from spending hours on one episode. Head over to startmybusinesspodcastchallenge.com or click on the link in the show notes down below. We'll see you there.